All right, so today we have Matt Ferguson from Life Fellowship Church. Matt is the next-gen pastor, and I've known Matt for a while since he was a playlist partner uh, at a previous role, and so really excited to touch base and talk about the next-gen ministry with him. How's it going, Matt? Going well, Chris. Thanks for having me today. Excited to be here. Absolutely. And so uh, you've been at your current church for about a year. And so I remember we were talking and you mm-hmm. mentioned there, when you get to a church, it's like, hey, what's on fire that we need to take care of now? Uh, what are some things for right. later? And what are some things uh, kind of in the middle of the road? As you're reflecting on everything you've done recently, what were some changes that your church embraced quickly and well? And then what are some things you're still kind of uh, working on that other people yeah. want to take on a new role might want to plan. Yeah. Um, you know, it's such a great question because as I, as I look at, you know, any, anytime you join a team, there's always a learning curve of what is currently happening that's working and works well as a part of the DNA of the place that you're at, the mm-hmm. church that you're at. And then what, what fixes, if anything, do we need to make? And I was super, super fortunate that when I came into this role, um, previous leadership and previous leaders had done a really good job of, laying a groundwork for for expectations and so i think part of the challenges that again most of us faced in 2020 was 2020 and covid and all things pandemic really kind of gutted our children's ministry and so we were kind of starting not over or from ground zero but but we were starting kind of anew and afresh and how do we rebuild in this new climate so we really went through uh through our teams with kind of a fine-tooth comb and we looked at, interviewed and talked to and met with each and every volunteer and just said, man, tell me more about you and how long you've been here. And we were trying to, to locate the folks who um, had been serving for a long time and were maybe tired or folks who were serving for a long time and looking to do more. Um, I think most churches can relate. Sometimes you get a volunteer who raises their hand to, and agrees to work one Sunday. And then the next uh-huh. thing you know, they've been stuck in a two-year-old room for four weeks. And it's like, oh, I didn't sign up for that. So um we we gave folks the option to step off the team if they were ready to do that. And we gave folks the, the challenge that if you're ready for more, then we're ready to build more with you. So we we spent really the first half of the year solely focused on teams and structure. Um, we did make some immediate changes to uh, our elementary program, which for us is kinder through fifth grade. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we are in the process of adding on to our children's building so we have plenty of rooms coming in the future, but we are currently kind of landlocked into square footage and all those sort of things. So we found a room that wasn't being used the whole Sunday, and we kind of bribed some other ministry areas and made some sacrifices and pulled out our kinder and first grade students and kind of made what we called, um, our elementary program is called Element. So we call the bridge between preschool and elementary. So we use orange curriculum. We would just take the K-1 stuff from 252 and use that in the K-1 room. They joined us for worship in the elementary room and then went back to their room for their small groups and videos. And it was a, it was a huge win um, on both sides of the spectrum. I gained some credibility with our fourth and fifth graders who were too cool to hang out with little guys. And our <laughs> little guys were super excited to have their own space and kind of feel like, man, we're, we're big kids, but we're not in the baby room either. So they were, they were super excited. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, definitely some good adjustments. Sounds like uh, one thing you mentioned 
hey, you know, you're adding a bunch of space to your building for Kidsmen, uh, which is awesome. And uh, one thing is, hey, we're also focusing on our online presence because ever since, you know, mm-hmm. 2020, uh, the whole way we engage with folks has changed. Uh, how do you kind of uh, make choices between investing in in-person, like you're by building space and stuff, mm-hmm. and then online stuff, or like going down the road of giving each a good amount. Like, how do you approach that? Mm-hmm. So I, I would not say that we are necessarily like the online experts, like we've got it all figured out, but I would say that's an area mm-hmm. that we have wrestled with a, a bunch this year because we mm-hmm. have come to grips with the fact that not everyone that attended our church pre-COVID has returned yet. Some folks have said we we won't return. We prefer mm-hmm. an online experience. And so we are really engaging and trying to figure out what is what is a way that we can embrace those families. So a couple of things that we've done is obviously through the playlist at home, we've been using that feature as well. We've really leaned into our parent queue app um, and making sure that we can customize that and we can uh, send out push notifications and all those sorts of things. Um, and then really kind of making as much as our stuff available online or what I would call forward facing so that when parents are in crisis or when they're not necessarily even in crisis, but just looking for a resource, they have a place to go and look for that, whether that's in our parent Facebook group on our website or uh, on any of our social media accounts. And so I think we, we have, we still have a long ways to go, but we've gotten a ton of great feedback and a great positive experience from that as well. But then it also challenges us to engage on the other side of those that are physically present with us. That mean, when you do come to church, you're going to get a quality experience for your whole family, whether that's on a Sunday morning or at a kid's event, it's going to be quality and you're going to leave equipped and empowered, whether it's a simple resource or a QR code that we're giving you on your way out, or whether you're coming to a parent group or a Bible study lesson man, we want you to feel that you've got the resources you need. So for us, it's become making sure those resources are available physically as well as digitally for really for all families. Absolutely. You know, resourcing parents is so important. And um, when it comes to that, there are lots of lots of channels per se. You know, you've got parent yeah. queue, you've got QR codes, you've got handouts, you've got info, you know, you've got so many things. What channels uh, if you call it that, are the most effective for resourcing parents that you've seen at the church? We do a lot inside of our Facebook groups, mm-hmm. and we've really um, made that more of a, pri- not necessarily a private conversation, but uh-huh. it's an extra step to join. So our social media mm-hmm. channels really, and I was at a conference somewhere, I'm going to misquote whoever said this, so internet, okay. don't, don't get mad at me, but I was at a conference where someone explained it to us this way, that you're, you're your website, your social media page is, is your front porch. That's what folks are going to see as they're driving down the street or they're passing by your, your website. That mm-hmm. Facebook group is really you're stepping into the living room to have conversation there. And so we've seen a ton of connection in those Facebook groups of mm-hmm. moms looking for ideas or, or having questions, whether it's church related or not, just community happening in general. But it's been a great place for us to drop resources as well. We do also uh, utilize the, the Parent Q app, which has been probably the easiest and quickest way to know that I have sent this out and everybody got it. Um, not everybody is Facebook savvy. Um, and again, as, as demographics change and as generations get older, Facebook really becomes kind of the older 
piece and we're, we're looking at, man, how do we, how do we utilize platforms like TikTok, which I am way too old to even know how to, uh-huh. to run one of those. Um, but, but those, I think those will be the two answers for us. So resourcing folks who are Facebook page and groups, as well as the, the parent Q app itself. Okay. Yeah. And you know, those uh, Facebook groups are awesome. I love that uh, living room analogy there. And, and mm-hmm. the parent Q is awesome as well. So great to see, uh, you know, that's helping you monitor that stuff. And so yeah. uh, that's awesome. Um, and going, you know, pulling on those threads uh, a bit more and kind of on the other side of the coin. So for in-person ministry, uh, you need a team, you know, you need volunteers, yep. you need bids on the ground. Uh, and so what are some things you've done stepping into your new role that helped you basically establish um, kind of a scope with those volunteers? Because I think you're mentioning, hey, how do we find people that are, you know, they want to help more in, uh, versus people that are a little kind of tired of what they're doing? Yeah. Uh, what were some ways you talked to those folks, but also recruited new volunteers mm-hmm. uh, at Life Fellowship? So what's interesting at Life Fellowship is there's a strong entrepreneurial sense here. A lot We have lots of entrepreneurs in the campus, lots of business owners, young families, um, folks really leaning hard into that gig economy um, who are most interested in how do I advance my skill set and my knowledge base without necessarily being tied to a 40-hour-a-week job in a cubicle somewhere? And so as I began to kind of get the lay of the land here at Life Fellowship, um, really began to connect with some of those folks, had the opportunity to, um, and I know not everybody gets this, but it was it was a very cool moment at Life Fellowship when our, our lead pastor just asked me to take a weekend service on a Sunday and say, man, lay it out for us. Tell us what you need. And so we I shared a message and really cast the vision for, I don't necessarily need you to come be the world's best worship leader or small group leader or teacher. I just need you to know how to play Uno with a kid. Um, I need you to remember what it was like when you were in fourth grade and felt awkward, you know, and so we got a strong response out of that, but even just having a solid system to vet folks through. So we, uh, once we got folks raising their hands or I'm, I'm pretty ruthless in a lobby on a Sunday, if you smile and look like you brushed your teeth, I'm going to come ask you if you want to work in kids ministry. Um, (laughs) If you look like you know anything about Pokemon or Nintendo or Fortnite, like I'm for sure going to come find you. Um, Mm. I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty shameless. Like, I mean, the worst thing you can tell me is no. Um, The most interesting thing that happened is that I had a couple, an older couple come to me and say, we, we love to serve in kids. And they were um, not to be stereotypical, but they were a little outside the demographic of what I was thinking would make a quality um, Mm -hmm. kids volunteer. And so I said, are we sure there's like, we play games and we move a lot and we're on the floor and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh no, let, let us, let us come see. We, we'd love to try. And I thought, okay, we'll, we'll let them try and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll try. Right. And they are my two best volunteers that I have. And the kids eat it up, man. They've got this grandma, grandpa, mother goose type thing that they come in yeah. and just become fun grandma, grandpa, and they eat it up. And then they went and told their friends and now I've got this, these folks coming to me from all walks of life and all backgrounds going, man, I, we'd love to be a part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the, what I would tell other folks, if you're, if you're looking for volunteers, you've got to make sure that your, your place, your ministry is a ready to receive for volunteers, but looks like, but most importantly, looks like 
something somebody else will want to be involved in. Um, I'm, I'm very particular in our programming. When parents drop off, we play for 10 minutes while we let kids get settled. But that's the only time we play. I don't, we don't do free time. I don't just turn them loose and wait for parents to come back. I want parents at pickup to see kids engaged in small groups, engaged in worship. Um, I want them to see what we're doing. And that's really a lot of folks have come to us, hey, I've, I've noticed you're doing this, or I've noticed that you're, you're doing small groups, or you've got worship. Like, how could I be a part of those, those aspects? Um, I'm, I'm always willing to, I had a sweet, sweet gal come to me and say, I don't, I'd love to serve in kids, but I don't really know where my skill set would, would fit. And so we sat down and I just said, well, tell me, tell me what you like to do. And she's a crafter. She's a scrapbooker. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have this thing called curriculum and it needs all kinds <laughs> of things cut and pasted. And she just lit up and I felt bad asking because it's such a mundane job to me, but she was all over it. Um, in my previous church, it, it was, it was the same, it was the same scenario where we had a gentleman um, who was recently widowed and he came into the church one day and said, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm, I'm by myself for the first time in 40 years. What do I do? I said, well, you can sit down here with us and cut stuff out and talk. And man, he's still to this day, still sitting there doing that. So I think looking at that um, older grandparent generation, there's, I think there's some quality kid leaders in there. I think making sure that your space is inviting and it looks like something someone else want to be involved. It's not chaotic. It's not messy. It's not, um, and I say messy as in, you know, broken toys land everywhere and it's just chaotic. I mean, kids, it's kids. We're, it's always going to be a little messy. Um, but then too, making sure you have a structure and a process to follow up with those people. Once somebody raises their hand and says, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about kids ministry. You don't want to wait four days to set up, to send an email or to set up a coffee. Like you want to be able to do that really quickly. We, um, we are, I, I don't know if I'm trying to think, think of the right way to say this. It's the most honoring, but we don't mind using a good free trial of an app or a program to see if it'll fit for us. So we used a bunch of free trials for calendar scheduling software with like Calendly. So we have QR codes that we carry on our phones. And if somebody says, Hey, I'm interested in um, learning more about kids or can we grab coffee? Yeah, I mean, scan this QR code. It's going to take you to a page where you can set up an appointment and we're done. And so we, we've caught a lot of folks that way. And then really finally, the last step for us would be events. Anytime we do an event, whether it's family game night or trick or trunk or name the event, we're going to have an aspect of, man, we'd love to have you on our team. Like, isn't this fun? Aren't we having a great time here tonight? Man, we'd love to have you on our team because we do this every Sunday three times, three times a Sunday for us. So those, those have been the most helpful ways for us to kind of widen that gap, widen the gates, not the gap. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I love the, love those tips, especially if uh, looking for people, because, you know, sometimes when you're recruiting anyone for anything, you have this picture of a perfect candidate in your head. And so mm -hmm. you try to like pair the real candidates up to that. Yeah. You know, that's not how it works, really finding someone with a great strength, you know, like the, mm -hmm. a volunteer that's crafty, a grandparent that just you know, mm -hmm. wants to connect with kids. Mm -hmm. Like really good strength is going to outshine anything that doesn't mm -hmm. really fit your picture of a you yeah. know, ideal volunteer, whatever that might look like. So that's awesome. Another thing, you mentioned your senior pastor let you just, you know, pitch to the congregation about what you need. Uh, and it sounds like you've invested in lots of tools, uh, lots of events to really do, uh, give a 10x kids ministry. 
Uh, what are some tips or uh, things to encourage the rest of your team and your senior leadership to invest in kids ministry? Again, solid question. And I don't say this lightheartedly at all, um, but it makes all the difference in the world when your senior leadership is invested and engaged in what's happening in your next ministry areas. And we're very fortunate mm-hmm. to have that with, with Pastor Chris Lindbergh here. Um, for us, part, part of what I have to do is when I engage with other ministry areas is sometimes I do have to help other ministry areas see why not necessarily kids are important, but why mm-hmm. we've got to figure out a solution to like, we're, we're using lots of shared spaces and it could become very territorial, very quick. You know, the, the Tuesday night women's groups, they want to use a kid's room and that impacts Sunday flow and all of the things or men's ministry, or there was some sort of a college kid event. And they, I can't tell you the number of times I've come into a room on a Sunday and it's not how I left it. Um, mm. And so that's just part of ministry. Any, any kid's pastor will tell you that, but anytime I can go to a, to a co a coworker, a ministry leader and go, Hey man, here's a way we can partner together on this. Um, here's a way that that kids ministry could help support what's happening in men's ministry, or here's a way kids ministry could help support the lobby experience. Um, mm. That's, that's helped us bridge a gap as well, because if we, if we were all honest, most of us who are on a church team or on a church staff, we have a job just like everyone else on our church staff. They have a job. You've been assigned women's ministry groups, pastoral care, whatever it is. So everybody tends to think that their spot is the most important, but we really know it's the kids that are most important, right? Because this is all kids people, right? Um, of course, yeah, it's, it's not. Um, but anytime that you can work side by side with a ministry leader, hey man, let me help you figure out, for us, our missions department is, um, they're, they're doing the Operation Christmas Child, the shoe boxes. And so he's trying to figure out, man, how am I getting all these boxes folded? And I go, I've got 40 elementary kids in a room. We can, we can knock those boxes out like this. And so that's, that's a great way for ministries to work, not just together, but to see that we are for each other. And I think any time that, that you, a kid pastor can be best friends with the youth pastor, um, that their desk can be together and they go to lunch together regularly and figure out, hey, man, I'm getting ready to hand you fifth graders. Like, what does that process look like? What do you want them to know? Or when a, when a student pastor can connect with a group or an adult pastor or a college pastor and go, man, I'm going to graduate these 18 year olds. Like, how does this process look? Um, I think it takes a, a little bit of everybody working together and understanding um, not one of us is the most important piece of the, of the wheel. But together, we, we do form the entire, the entire thing. So looking for ways that we can partner together in that. Does that, does that make sense? Does that answer your question, what you're asking me? Oh, yeah. I, kinda, more, I got long-winded there. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, absolutely, as in it answers. And, you know, that was a great, great info there. And I like that idea of, you know, taking a look in the other person's shoes and saying, hey, here's how our ministries can, you know, work mm-hmm. together, like our, our ministry departments here. Uh, so love that idea. What other advice would you want to share with next gen leaders, Matt? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm always feel like I'm the one going. Somebody tell me. What? I'm the one asking all the questions usually. Um, I think this this I don't know if this is controversial, or wild or not, but I always try to keep an eye on pop culture, mm-hmm. on what the 
the latest and greatest thing is not, I mean, I'm obviously not in the demographic for Among Us or Fortnite, um, mm-hmm. but I know what those things are and I can engage in a conversation with those things. But also just from a p- parent perspective, from an adult perspective, I mean, what, what are some of the ideas and themes being communicated in TV shows and movies that books that our kids are engaging with? Um, I think that's super important. Um, I think for me, my best friend at work has to be the student pastor as the mm-hmm. next gen guy, as the, you know, we, we all wear multiple hats here. So I sit in a next gen role. I also sit in an elementary pastor role. Um, and when I'm wearing my elementary pastor hat, my best friend has to be the student pastor. I have to know what his summer schedule is and what, what are ways that he's wanting to engage families? Where, where can we sync up? And then part of the conversation we were having at our offsite a couple of months ago was, and when a kid leaves fifth grade at Life Fellowship, what do we want them to look like? What do we want them to know? What skill sets do we want them to have? So that when they get to student ministry with Pastor Logan, he knows here's where the baseline is and he can keep building on that. Um, I think, honestly, those are probably the two, the two things I would pass off just off the top of my head. The quickest would be not becoming afraid of culture. And culture is scary these days. There's a lot of things out there that you're like, how does this work and how is this? Um, but anytime I can, it's very powerful when you sit down with a kid and you say, hey, tell me about Rocket Ball. How does this work? Or not Rocket League. How does this work? Um, wow. Their face will light up like, oh my gosh, let me explain it to you. And I can't tell you anything about it. I still don't know how Fortnite works. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand TikTok. I don't get it. But anytime I can engage a kid or a student with, hey, tell me more about that. Man, I'm putting them in a position where they can, share what they're passionate about or something they're excited about. Um, we have a couple of kids that are really into, um, I'm going to say this wrong, but like anime, like, is that, is that a thing like Japanese mm-hmm. cartoons and anime? And like, I don't know anything, but I'll go up to them. Hey, give me, give me the latest. And you know, what, what are you reading? And they'll <laughs> long list of stuff. And it just, it's like speaking a different language. Um, it really is. You know, a couple weeks. It, re- it honestly, it really, it really is. Um, a couple weeks ago, they we were chit chatting, and I saw him, and they gave me the little, "Oh, here's what we're doing now." Um, and he said, "You know, you're the only one who ever asks us. Everybody mm. else just assumes we're kind of like into this weird thing." And he goes, "It is weird, but we really like it." And I was like, "Man, that's cool. Do your thing." Um, but they're they're looking for places to belong and not be judged. Um, so I think that, that keeping an eye on culture and what, um, what kids are paying attention to helps us engage with them in real and practical ways. And then being super connected with the student pastors, the, the college pastors, the groups pastors in our, in our churches, as we we're literally raising up their next generation of leaders. So what are things that we can instill in them now that's going to pay off in the long run for them, both spiritually and if they were to stay connected at our church for 18 for their first 18 years of life, like what would that look like? So. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And you have two really big things, uh, you know, being connected with your team members to, to pass, uh, you know, kids through and know that, Hey, here's what the baseline of what we're teaching is. And mm-hmm. uh, then the culture thing is awesome as well. So yeah, super helpful tips. And thank you for sharing so much, Matt. Anytime. You're welcome. Oh, yeah.